Ayala Somaya Jula Lalita Rao The Electric Flame In a time when widows were to shave their heads and were banished from society or burned at the pyre of their husband one of them decided to study further and become an engineer This is the story of how a young single mother joined a college for men and made history by becoming one of the first female engineers of India Lalita was born on 27th August 1919 in a middle class Telugu family in Chennai. She was the fifth of seven children. Her father and all of her brothers were engineer from College of Engineering, University of Madras, while her sisters were educated up to 10th grade. While it is still a concern, the practice of early marriage was common during these times. Lalita was married at the age of 15. Her parents insisted that she continue her education even after marriage. Although it came to a stop after she completed her secondary school or 10th grade education. In 1937 at the age of 18 she gave birth to her daughter Syamala. Just 4 months later her husband died. Being a young mother is difficult. Being a widow with a baby even more so. Widows in India face a lot of challenges. often based on tradition some of such traditions have been extremely inhumane from sati which forced women into ritualistic emulation on husband's pyre to having to renounce all wealth and their identity in most parts of india women are still forced or socially pressured into giving up vanity sometimes including only wearing white sarees and shaving their heads and are excluded from all social events These issues and other factors force such women to live out their lives in ashrams especially made for them. At Society for Women Engineers First International Conference in 1964, Lalita said, quoting, "150 years ago I would have been burned at the funeral pyre with my husband's body." End quote. Her daughter Samla said, quoting, "When my father passed away, mom had to suffer more than she should have." Her mother-in-law had lost her 16th child and took out the frustration on the young widow. It was a coping mechanism and today I understand what she was going through. However, my mother decided not to succumb to societal pressures. She would educate herself and earn a respectable job. End quote. Lalita wanted to become self-sufficient and support her daughter, so she decided to get a professional degree. She joined Queen Mary's College in Chennai and completed her intermediate education with first class. Women in India had started earning regular degrees by now. Some of the most famous pioneers being Janaki Amal and Kadambini Ganguly. Most of these were in medical field. But a career in medicine did not seem appealing to Lalita. She did not want to leave baby Syamla during her field work. Instead, she wanted to become an engineer like her father and brothers. She wanted a regular hard job so she could spend more time with and raise her daughter. Her father, Pappu Subarao, was a teacher at CEG. He approached the principal, Dr. K.C. Chako, on her behalf. While her grades were good enough for a man to get into CEG, they had to not only convince the principal but also take permission from the British government. Fortunately the principal and the director of public instruction RM Statham decided that it was time for the college to admit women students. 
Lalita was granted an admission in 1940 into the four-year electrical engineering program. After the initial reluctance, the authorities and officials of the college were supportive of her. Syamla says, quoting, Contrary to what people might think, the students at Amma's college were extremely supportive. She was the only girl in a college with hundreds of boys, but no one ever made her feel uncomfortable. And we need to give credit to this. The authorities arranged for a separate hostel for her too. I used to live with my uncle while Amma was completing college. and she would visit me on every weekend end quote after a few months at the initiative of lalita's father ceg advertised open admissions for women as a result two more women entered the college in the same year leelamma george and pk theresia who were remarkable in their own right lalita theresia and leelamma graduated from ceg in 1943 siamla explains Quoting, Both of them were juniors to my mother by a year. All three of them graduated together because the Second World War was at its peak in 1944 and the university decided to cut down the engineering course by a few months. End quote. Theresia and Lilama got their regular degree in civil engineering. Theresia went on to become the first woman chief engineer for PWD. Lalita stayed for another year and got her honors degree in electrical engineering in 1944. All of their degree certificates had a handwritten she in place of a crossed out he. Lalita started an apprenticeship at Jamalpur Railway Workshop in 1943 to complete practical training for her degree. After one year at Jamalpur, she joined Central Standards Organization of India as an engineering assistant. Her job was in Shimla, which made it possible for her to live with her brother's family. Her sister-in-law helped her raise the then six-year-old Shamla. She stayed at this job for a couple of years till 1946. After which, at her father's request, she left to support him in his research. Her father filed a number of patents during this time, presumably with her help. A few of them being Gelectromonium, which was an electrical musical instrument, a smokeless oven and an electric flame producer. She enjoyed it, but she could not continue with it due to financial reasons. In 1948, she joined Associate Electrical Industries, a British firm. She decided to apply for this job because it was in Kolkata and she could live with her second brother, which would also help in raising Shamla. Additionally, being a single mother and a widow, it would have been difficult for her to find a place to live. Syamla says, quoting, My aunt lived in Kolkata and had a son about my age. We were very close, so Amma used to go to work leaving me with my cousin and aunt. That is how I grew up. Although today I can understand how important my mother is in history for women's education in India. as well as history of engineering back then all i knew was that my mother is an engineer just another engineer end quote she also recalls her grandparents role in her upbringing during this time quoting while my mom was at aei i was in a school in chennai living with my maternal grandparents they played a big role in my life as long as i lived with them 
My grandfather encouraged me in sports and came to watch my athletic competitions representing my school. He also incorporated politics into my life. When I came to live with my mom in Calcutta and joined Loreto College, he would come watch me play basketball and tennis. My grandmother also had a political streak, and so now I am very open about my political bent of mind. End quote. Lalita had a very long and stable career at AEI. She worked in engineering department and the sales division. Over the years, she worked at multiple projects. Most notably, she worked on the electrical generators for the Bhakra Nangal Dam, one of the largest dams in India. She also worked on transmission lines design and later on in execution of contract. Sialmala's husband and Lalita's son-in-law, who is also an electrical engineer, explains, quoting, Gradually, the design part was discarded and the activity focused on contract engineering. Serving as an intermediary between equipment manufacturers in England and local installation and service engineers. She continued to work in the same office of AEI, which in later years was taken over by General Electric Company, and retired after over 30 odd years. End quote. Another highlight of her career would be invitation to the first International Conference of Women Engineers and Scientists, ICWES, in New York. She represented India at the conference in June 1964 in a private capacity, as there was no Indian chapter then. The goal of the conference was to increase participation of women in STEM. Talking about this conference, Lalita said, quoting, The conference resolved to encourage women to increase their participation in the professional societies in their countries and improve their qualifications not only during their student days, but throughout their professional life. It also resolved to maintain the central file of women engineers and scientists used for this conference and enlarge it as much as possible. End quote. On the way back, she toured AEI factories in the UK. After coming back from the conference, Lalita started working for the cause of women in engineering. She gave a number of interviews in magazines and newspapers about importance of allowing women to participate in the field. She encouraged more Indian women engineers to attend the second conference held in Cambridge in 1967. As a direct result, five women engineers were able to attend the event. Lalita retired in 1997 and started travelling with her sister. At the age of 60, she had a brain aneurysm and after a few weeks, she passed away. Syamla says she never felt the absence of her father because of the strong support she received from her mother. Quoting, I had the most open-minded mother of those times. She never stopped me from doing what I wanted, but at the same time kept me on track. She encouraged me to teach early and made me go on to complete my B.A. degree after marriage. End quote. Lalita believed that widows should remarry, although she herself never did. Syamla says, quoting, She believed that people come to your life for a reason and they leave when the purpose is over. I never asked her why she never got married again, but when my husband asked her, she replied, To take care of an old man again? No, thank you. End quote. 
Samla was a teacher in India for over 30 years. Her husband and children are scientists. In 1994, she moved to US and continues to teach mathematics to her students in her 80s. This shows how allowing one person education can have exponential results over generations. Lalita's achievements are incredible, but they would not have been possible without the extensive support structure that she had. A common theme among all the stories we have explored so far is supportive parents. In Lalitha's case, her father not only encouraged her but also put his efforts behind other women who wanted to study. Lalitha's siblings and in-laws all raised Syamla as their own. She lived with her brother and sister-in-law for over 35 years. They as a family supported each other. A single candle is enough to defy the darkness but a bunch of them are enough to bring about a revolution i would like to specially thank mrs shamla chenolu who took the time out to help me with a lot of information context and filled in the gaps of the story of her mother as you might have noticed this episode was slightly shorter than our 20 minute regular ones we have decided on some changes and wanted to give you an update Since this is a new project and we are getting unexpectedly good response, we will continue to experiment and improve this. In coming days, we will be putting out one episode per two weeks, as compared to a weekly episode right now. This additional time would allow us to produce better content with better research. This would also allow us to expand and get more voices on this platform. There are new things coming and we are excited to share them with you. Thank you for sticking with us and I would also like to thank all my collaborators who have helped me so far. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with other people who you think might like this. Thank you.